Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Now, welcome to the newest edition of the Pump Pack, everybody. Jared Bailey with you as always. Joined today, he is one third of the Around the NFL podcast and one half of the Justin Nick and Rosenthal Vanity Project. JRVP. It's, it's Craig Rosenthal. Y'all, hey, I'm a fan of the show, buddy. I was not ready for that. I was not prepared, uh, and I appreciate it. Always, uh, always happy to, to get a plug for JRVP and surprised anyone listens to it. As a uh, as a stand up junkie and as somebody who appreciates dark humor and appreciates the comedy of Anthony Jeselnik and football, it's a it's a very good combination and right down my alleyway. So it, it's it's one of my favorites. Yeah, we did it for one season for uh, your listeners that don't know. It's like a comedy podcast with my friend Anthony, but we did it for one season at the NFL. And I've never been more afraid of getting fired, uh, which was basically his intent. Uh, but we got away with it for like one season and then they stopped it. That would seem like the most Anthony Jeselnik thing in the world is how can I get my friend Greg fired from his job by being myself? <laughs> it was close. I remember a boss at the very end of that season just saying like, look, if uh, if this doesn't go well, they, they can't fire Anthony. He doesn't work here. It's me and you that are going to get fired. So that was that. Very fun stuff. Um, but yes, go go watch JRVP on YouTube and listen to it where you get your podcast. It's a great podcast. Um, but today we're heading into week three of the NFL preseason. Teams starting to cut down their rosters. Um, and a team that is that is getting a lot of attention as of right now, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, my Pittsburgh Steelers, getting a lot of attention after you know, the game against Tampa Bay went really well. Calvin Austin's fast. Kenny Pickett looked good. George Pickens doing his thing. And then they come up fast against the Buffalo Bills. Jalen Warren running all over the place. Kenny Pickett dropping dimes to Pat Fryermuth. Your thoughts on the Steelers as a whole right now and what uh, what their ceiling could be? I think their ceiling's high to answer right off the bat. Like their ceiling is they could win that division. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. They could win 12 games, something like that, if everything goes right. I do think that we have so little preseason action to go on now that we actually get a starter versus starter game for a quarter in yeah. Bill's Steelers and the Steelers look so good. And it combines with everything we've heard all off season. I, I think, and we, we talked about this on the round the NFL, like I don't think any quarterbacks had more off season hype of just people in person saying, man, he looks better. Like people I trust too, guys like Daniel Jeremiah, who I work with, but some of those crusty Steelers beat writers who aren't always like the most like pom-pom waving type of guys actually been saying like, no, really he looks awesome. And then so to combine that with three perfect drives in the preseason where like no starters are playing and, and Jalen Warren's a good player. It's like the hype is going to get uh, ramped up a little bit, but I'm, I'm kind of with it. I just happen to think that like, it's, it's hard to put them ahead of the Ravens in the, Bengals, it's just a great division. So as good as I think the Steelers are, it's a loaded conference and it's a loaded division. 
All right, so I've got a loaded rebuttal here too. One, I was at Steelers camp for a few days, and being a Steelers fan, I was very against the Kenny Pickett selection last year, and I was very vocal about being against the Kenny Pickett selection. And I'm one of those people now who are turning into pom pom waivers, saying he looks so much better, man. <laughs> he looks so he looks much more poised, collected. His accuracy is much better. Very few balls hitting the ground during camp and during preseason so far. So that is promising. Obviously, the additions that they had in the offseason are very well documented with you know, trading for Allen Robinson, drafting Broderick Jones, um, drafting Darnell Washington. Even those two guys might not do anything. That's the funny thing, right? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, no, it's okay. Like The thing with Jones is weird because you know he's, we know that the athlete that he is at tackle and getting to the second level in terms of a run blocker, it's pass pro that people have been worried about. And it got better against Buffalo last week. He had a, a few bad reps against Tampa. He did allow uh, a pressure uh, against Buffalo. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they're going to be patient with him. They're going to be patient with Joey Porter Jr., but he looks he looks good in his first preseason action. So I think time will tell, but this the draft class uh, of the Steelers has has potential to be, I don't want to say an all-timer. That's a little bit hy- hyperbolic, but it could be really good. Well, right. Last year is, is the draft class that – to me, he's going to make or break this team because Pickens sure. seems like he maybe take, took a step up. Calvin Austin, you're going to get some contributions from. Um, looks like he found a, another pass rusher to jump into this year's class with uh, Nate Herbig. And um, it, I'm it, this close to getting Nick Herbig's face tattooed on my right ass cheek, man. I'm a big Nick Herbig guy. Oh, have we? Oh, have we lost Greg Rosenthal? I've all right. I've got Greg Rosenthal back. Sorry, I think I'm moving around too much. I don't know what happened to this place. <laughs> it's okay. Did you hear my comment about the ass cheek of Nick Erbig? Well, my ass cheek and Nick Erbig. No, no, but that. Uh, I said, uh, no, I said, I'm, I, I said I'm this close to getting Nick Erbig's face tattooed on my right ass cheek because he's, <laughs> he's, he's making me so happy as a Steelers fan watching him play. It's crazy, too, because they have Highsmith, you know, they long just term. Paid. And uh, and Watt obviously long term, and so you don't even need him to be anything more than a third pass rusher or sure. fourth pass rusher right now. It's 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 the way to be. You have Hayward still in his prime. Like it is a really good looking front seven that I don't think probably outside of Pittsburgh hasn't gotten at enough attention, and that that's yeah. a big part of the reason why I think they could be really good. And you pointed out Baltimore and Cincinnati. I don't think that they're a better. How do I say this? I think roster-wise, head-to-toe, they could they stack up against Cincinnati. Obviously, the offense in Cincinnati is much more proven, and I would take them over Pittsburgh. But I think as a whole, the Bengals are a better team. They have a more difficult schedule, though. I think Pittsburgh has an easier route to getting to you know winning the AFC North. That's been my bold take all, all offseason. I mean, we had our mutual friend Eric Edholm on, I think, in like right after the draft. And I told him, hey, man, my bold prediction for the season is that the Steelers win the North. And I'm still sticking to that pretty heavily, especially after what we've seen. Um, in terms of Baltimore, though, I'm glad you brought up the Ravens. I, you know, I asked you to uh, to bring up a team that you might be lower on than the general consensus. I think the Ravens might be mine. Hmm. Um, I got questions about you know the new offense and whatnot. Are all of their top offensive talents going to stay healthy? I'm not going to bank on all of them staying healthy. Odell Beckham's got an injury history. Rashad Bateman, Lamar Jackson's missed the the tail end of the last two seasons, J.K. Dobbins has an injury history. Um, and now Marlon Humphrey dealing with injury issues. And their CB1 currently is Rakia Sin. Nothing against Rakia Sin, but if he's your number one corner, when Marlon Humphrey's hurt, that's not 
exactly something that you want as a team. So Baltimore, I, th I think I'm a little bit lower on than than the general consensus. I think they're a boomer bust team. They always finish strong, so it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I know that hasn't been the case the last two years, so I, I guess I'm thinking of older when Lamar was staying healthy. Uh, yeah. But they usually figure out their defense sort of as the season goes along. So I don't know what to think about their defense because they were playing, you know, incredible late last season. They really outplayed the Bengals. Certainly the Ravens defense handed it to the Bengals offense in that playoff game. And uh, you think of what Mike McDonald like got going schematically, but then you look at the cornerback room. You just mentioned it. I mean, Yasin's hurt too. They've had a ton of injuries. Uh, and they're also thin at edge rusher too. They're counting on Adafi Owe uh, to get mm -hmm. better, uh, David Ajabo to get better. We'll see. They they signed Clowney. They just seem like if everything goes right, they could be amazing, and it could take a while in a new system. We also haven't seen Todd Monken like be incredibly successful at the NFL level either. Right. Uh, but I'm always gonna believe in Lamar and John Harbaugh to kind of figure it out as they go. That's the thing. Like, as long as Lamar's healthy and they've got Harbaugh, who's going to get the best out of all of them, I do have a hard time saying they're going to be terrible. But in terms of, like, can I see them, you know, going nine and eight and, like, being the first team out of the playoffs? Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know. What about you? What's uh, what's a team that you might be lower on than? I, I hope this counts because it's not like it's a Super Bowl favorite. But I'm going to go Jaguars. Like, oh, I just, I, I'm always a little suspicious about the team that ends really well that people just assume the second half of the season is way more important than the first half of the season. And like, that's going to carry over number one, mm -hmm. uh, number two, like the defense to me, they didn't do anything this off season. I know they spent a lot the season before and it's not a good defense. It was not great coaching on defense. They're really thin in terms of their pass rush. I'm not really in love uh, with their secondary. Uh, so yeah. just the defense as a whole, like if you told me that could be a bottom five defense, I don't think that's crazy. So then you're talking about a bottom five defense and a lot of questions on your offensive line. They, they drafted Anton Harrison to be the right tackle. He's been in and out of camp with injuries. Kim Robinson um, is suspended. You have Walker Little. Like, right. I, I'm not, it's not an anti-Lawrence take here as just like would it like i just don't totally trust the jacksonville jaguar did i lose greg again sorry this this never happens but i'm taping on my end so next time I'll, i'm just talking Mate. through it so you'll never know <laughs> that's fine that's fine no i hear i hear you about their defense, especially their secondary. Like I like Andre Cisco a lot, but outside of him, man, like their Rayshon Jenkins is a dog and he can be in my locker room anytime that he wants. He's not exactly who I want starting and at safety. So I hear you on that. I'm actually pulling up just out of curiosity where their defense finished last year in terms of like total yards. Um let me see. Let me see. They gave Justin Herbert enough trouble in that game. They sure did. They do have they to sure. admit. <laughs> The 23rd. So they weren't a great defense last year um, in terms of total yards. And, you know, they did have moments like the, the Dallas game was a weird game that they probably shouldn't have won that they did. The Baltimore game, Lawrence just went out of his mind in the fourth quarter. And I'm not discrediting them or anything like that. I, I am high on Jacksonville simply because they play in a division that's going to be not great this year. And I think that there's going to be a lot of easy wins there. Um, 
in terms of Lawrence, uh, I'm with you on not being anti Lawrence. I I think he's going to be my my MVP pick this year. Whoa. I wouldn't go that far. I get I'm not no. anti Lawrence, but I guess I'm a little less high. You push back a little uh, bit. Then consensus just because I see what Justin Herbert was when he came into the league and Burrow mm-hmm. and Lamar and the guys that I consider the top five or six quarterbacks in the league. And I know Trevor Lawrence had Urban Meyer and then last year a little bit, but it, it it's not the same. Like, <laughs> so I'm not going to put him there yet until he stacks another season like that. And like, I, yeah, I just don't feel like you have to like, just immediately assume and elevate based on what he did in college, which you would assume he gets there. Uh, but I guess I need to see it one more time all the way through for 17 straight games. Like that's the best way to evaluate a guy. And to me, Mm -hmm. he hasn't been as natural, as consistent as a passer. And then he he obviously doesn't have like the running ability that, that makes up for it. Like, like a Lamar or a Jalen hurts right now. That's how I feel about Tua Tungabailoa. I think, you know, the way that you feel about Trevor is kind of where I'm at with Tua. I don't know how you feel about Tua. I think that, you know, there's this, that weird weird argument that happens on Twitter, you know, between Chargers fans and Dolphins fans about Herbert or Tua, and it's going to be a, a hellscape week one when, the, when those two teams play each other one way or the other. Um, that's, I think that's kind of where I'm at with Tua is, okay, probably more efficient than most quarterbacks are, but in terms of, you know, game changing arm talent, you know, obviously Herbert and Mahomes, Allen, you know, he's not quite at that level. Um, what are your, your expectations for, for Miami? If, if Tua stays healthy, I'm not worried about him. You can't really separate him and McDaniel. So to me, it doesn't matter because I think he's just a great fit in that system. Like he is elite at, getting the ball out quickly, timing, accuracy on short stuff. Like he's one of the best quick game guys in the league, I would say mm-hmm. already. I don't I don't feel like I need to see more on that. And that's what he's going to be asked to do. And he has some limitations and no one's even putting him, I don't think, and I wouldn't in Lawrence's class as like a guy that could be a top five overall quarterback he would start a franchise with. But that's a big if, him staying healthy and – they haven't had a good month. They lost Ramsey. Uh, Teron Armstead's yeah. going to start the season already. Iffy, um, certainly offensive line questions. Like a new defensive system, I think that'll be a good thing ultimately. But there could be some growing pains there. But offensively, I'm not. I'm not that worried. Although if you if you listen to the Dolphins beat writers, they've said it's been kind of a, a weird camp that they haven't been all systems firing in, in camp. Yeah, talking to. Uh... My boss over at USA Today, Doug Farrar, I mean, he he's lower than the Dolphins than most. He said you know, he could see them winning only six or seven games. Uh, yeah, so shout out shout out Doug. We'll, we'll see what everybody says about that. Um, yeah, man, like that entire division is one of those, like, until Buffalo gets dethroned, I'm going to put him up there, especially with that quarterback. The Jets are going to be so, so many eyes on them for obvious reasons. What are your thoughts on on them as a whole at the moment. I think that for, for them, wh- let me, let me phrase it this way. What, what would be a successful season for the Jets? I mean, is it Super Bowl or bust or is it, you know, okay, they got to the AFC title game. That's a good first step with Rodgers. Oh, that would be great. I think if they won a playoff game, I mean, I, as 
if you've ever listened to the Around the NFL podcast, our host is a Jets fan, Dan Hansis. And I, I think Jets fans would take that right now. Obviously, it would hurt when they lose that game, but they just <laughs> love look, they're relevant, they're exciting. If they won 11 games and won a playoff game, I mean, they haven't been to the playoffs in, in however many years. What is it? 12, 13, the longest of any NFL team. So I think even making the playoffs, they would take it just because Jets fans are so conditioned for things to go poorly that they're, I think there's still part of them that could see like a nine and eight season and eight and nine season and this falling apart. I, I expect their defense to be great. I I don't know if the offense will be firing on all cylinders, but it is kind of hard to imagine them not winning 10 games. But I, you could say that about the Dolphins too, and you could say that about the Bills, and someone's going to end up being a disappointment, especially because I'm not totally giving up on the Patriots. Oh, oh goodness. You're, you're a Patriots guy though, aren't you? Yes. But I, okay. I kind of think they've always done better in the years. Belichick's always done better in the years. There's lower expectations. Those are all their best seasons, even including 2021. I would say, which, you know, they made the playoffs, which was a surprise. And he's got the such def- a weird season, though, man. A- absolutely. But he's got he he talked about it. And I thought this was telling this offseason, like as if they were restarting their program when Brady left. And now it's like year four of that program or year three of the program. I think if you look at their defense, he and the Patriots are confident in what they have defensively. I think they've built it to the, what they want in terms of versatility, talent, continuity that. They could be wrong, and it's not a defensive league, but I think they think they have a top three defense, top three to five defense, and we'll we'll see. But when it wouldn't totally stun me, and if if you have that, then they'll be in every game, or most games. <laughs> you know, I talked I talked about this today on a radio spot, and I wrote it in my power rankings for USA Today. Go read those if you haven't yet, by the way, everybody. Um, and I was trying to think of like the perfect analogy for the Patriots as a whole and just how bland I think that offense is going to be. And what I dialed it down to was like plain Cheerios, not the honey nut Cheerios, but like the cardboard flavored Cheerios Mm -hmm. without any milk. I think that's the Patriots offense right now. Like they've got a limited quarterback. They keep paying for receivers that aren't really worth the money. They just give a bunch of money to Devontae Parker. They give a bunch of money to Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne a few years ago. Like you bring in Zeke. That's great. Like it's going to be very run heavy with Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke relying on the on the underneath passing game. It's going to be a very boring team to watch offensively. Uh, Bill O'Brien can make a difference, but I mean that's not much of a bar to raise when you had Patricia and Judge there last year in terms of what they contributed or I guess didn't from an offensive mind standpoint. I just don't see any sort of flair in that offense. Sure, but that like plain Cheerios will like fill you up. Whereas last year it's like, they were just taking like methamphetamine before every game. It's like (laughs) anything, anything is a huge upgrade. I mean, Mac Jones played pretty well as a rookie for a rookie. And if you just got him (laughs) back to that, it's like, you'll take it. I think Bill Belichick's route this year is like, give us the 20th best offense in the league, the 15th best offense in this defense and, and my coaching. And we'll see what happens. It does feel like Belichick's gone back to like his Giants days, right? Where he's just like, I'm just going to play the hell. Like, I'm just going to try to limit teams to points and play a hell of a good defense. Like, I love the the NFL really let Belichick trade down and still get Christian Gonzalez, which really annoyed me, by the way. Uh, yep. I think he's going he's gonna to be a great fit in that in that scheme. Matt Judon's a really good ed- edge rusher as well. I, defense is going to be good. And they, 
just because they have Belichick, they're still going to be relevant. They'll still have at least, you know, seven wins somewhere in that neighborhood. He'll probably, you know, give them at least one or two more. In terms of teams that, like, I'm excited to watch, though, man, they're going to be – I'm not going to, like, be on the edge of my seat be like, oh, man, I can't wait to watch Patriots and Texans or whomever the hell they play. They, they play, what, Philadelphia week one? Yeah, they they got Jim, Jim Nance and Tony Romo. They're, they're probably getting – Oh, a beat down go, from Jim. the Eagles, but uh, you never you never know. Uh, get excited, you know. Pop Douglas, Demario Douglas, sixth round pick here, their slot receiver. It's the return of Kendrick Bourne. No, they're not going to be exciting if you're into offensive football. Um, defensively, I think they. Okay, you're back. <laughs> this is this is on the fly, on the fly podcasting and and journalism, ladies and gentlemen. Where Greg and I are just trying to to get through this at this point. Yeah, I apologize. It never happened. Nobody, it's I okay. I don't know what happened today. In the, I'm I'm blaming it on the hurricane and tropical storms messing with our. You area. know what? That's a that is a very very valid thing to blame. Um, and speaking of just horrendous storms, Russell Wilson um what are do you have any sort of confidence in the broncos this year no uh i do think he looked faster i i found it interesting sean payton really has been talking him up over the last week that he's making strides you know he hasn't looked great in terms of being on time in terms of his preseason games and his drop back passing hasn't been a disaster either sean payton probably buys you a couple of wins they have defensive talent but i i think there's too many different pieces it feels like a growing pain sort of first year with peyton and i'm not sure if wilson's back next year but it i i think it's pretty telling wilson's like feels like he's barely talking to the media he's lost oh, yeah. weight like he knows this is sort of his nfl future and this is his chance to bounce back oh, yeah i've never seen such a fall from grace at such a prominent position. Like I, mm. I can't think of one that comes to mind in like any sport really. Somebody who's like without a doubt in the elite of their position group, they go to a new team, everybody's excited and they just suck. Yeah, you would have to go to like, you know, Tiger Woods crashing that uh Yeah, yeah that was a time. Yeah, <laughs> that was certainly a time I mean, to be alive. Russell Wilson, I disagree because on some level because to me, he was pretty overrated by the end of his Seattle days. I, on our podcast, I got in trouble because I was like, I would take, you know, before he was on the Broncos, I was like, I would take Mac Jones long-term going against Russell Wilson. Like, I would not put Russell Wilson in the top half of the league in terms of quarterbacks I wanted long-term moving forward. And that take um, has aged well. The Mac Jones part of it has not, unfortunately. But uh, he was already in decline. And some of it, he's just a guy that, like, He's aging like everyone expected Ben Roethlisberger to age. When mm. Ben Roethlisberger was in his mid-20s, everyone was like, well, this is great for now, but like, it's not going to work out well. And then when he got to about 30, 31, 32, he really started mastering the mental side of the game too, and it, and it matched up, and, and he ended up having a great long career. But that's sort of what's happened to Russell Wilson. As a Steelers fan, man, I was very happy with that. So I can't, I can't complain at all. Shout out Ben Roethlisberger. I for always sure said uh, he was weirdly um underrated because kind of like tom brady that the by far the best part of his career was when he was not winning super bowls yeah like he was not a 
Ben Rosberg was not a top five quarterback until he was done winning Super Bowls. But then he was a top five quarterback for like five years when when they weren't winning a lot of playoff games. Led the NFL in passing yards twice in that span. Mm, there you go. What a guy. Um, I had I feel like I had something else to add to that, and then it totally went over my head. I don't Just know, man. Say it next time my computer freezes. Just yeah, keep no, talking it, it, that time because it does come back in in like fifteen seconds. It it will come back to me. I'm trying to think of what it was. That's really gonna piss me off now. Oh well. Oh no, the Tiger Woods thing. I do remember it. Um, I don't know if you're a South Park guy or not, but like at that time, they uh they made an episode where the guys like the kids get the new PGA Tour game, and it involves like his now ex-wife chasing him around with like a golf club as like the first level of the game. It's just, it's funny. Good, good South Park humor. Yeah. I feel bad putting Russell Wilson um, in that category. Cause all he did was go from being like the 13th best quarterback in the league to the 28th, which is like, you know, it, it happens sometimes it happens. I mean that last year in Seattle where he got hurt, I'll listen to you on, but 2021, no 2020 Russell Wilson, I thought was, yeah. You know, near the top of no, that game against uh, that game against New England with Cam Newton and like week three on Sunday Night Football. I gambled on that game very heavily and I bet Seattle and I was shitting my pants on that last drive thinking that I was going to lose a lot of money as a college junior, not knowing how I was going to pay rent that month. Damn, but you're young. Came through. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, sure. That was when everyone started talking about like Russell Wilson has never gotten an MVP vote. But uh, mm. about halfway through that season, I think that's of, when the let Russ cook thing started. Right. It, it, halfway through that season, the floor kind of fell out. And you know who that has gotten an MVP vote since? <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So now we're going to transition to this new segment that I've got. I don't know how it's going to go, Greg Rosenthal, but you're going to be my guinea pig for it. I think it's going to go great. This is hot take or not take i even got a a talk track for it and everything this is a professional show here on the Believe podcast network ladies and gentlemen. um so how this goes greg rosenthal i'm gonna give you a take you're gonna tell me if it's a hot take no way in hell it's gonna happen or if it's not a take at all and you think that it's got a good shot of happening sound good okay okay hot take or not take the seattle seahawks will finish with a better record than the san francisco 49ers that's a, I mean, that's a hot take. How could it not be a hot take? But I'm with it. I'm I'm feeling it. Because who's, who's going to be the 49ers quarterback? Is it going to be the now bionic arm of Brock Purdy? Is it going to be Sam Darnold? Or is it going to be Kyle Shanahan's apparently, like, get away from the Trey Lance? Also, like, one of these years, their offensive line and their cornerback group, which never looks good before the season, is actually not going to be good. So we'll see. Yeah. I think this might be the year. I'm, I think that might be, you know, when I do my game by game picks and all the division stuff you say today, I think that might be one of the shockers is Seattle winning the NFC West over the 49ers. Roster wise, they're great. But in terms of Seattle got a lot better this offseason, 49ers have no idea who they want at quarterback or what it's going to be throughout the season. I don't know. I think that uncertainty will uh, finally catch up to them. I mean, they, I think they know they want Purdy. We'll see if he can if he can do it for 17 weeks. I, I do. I am a little anxious about any team that keeps getting close and close and close and like anything but winning the Super Bowl is going to be a disappointment. It's hard to keep right. getting back there. All right. Hot take or not take. This is from uh, Bussin' with the Boys comedian Chris Stefano saying that men in jerseys 
is a weird thing. Hot take or not take? Men in jerseys are a weird thing. I think that's a hot take. I've I feel the same way. Um, I'm I'm not really a jersey guy. I get it. You wear it to a game, but that's it. That, that's all. That's all. I I can agree to an extent. I think it's a little bit weird if there's like a 60 year old guy wearing the jersey of like a 24 year old. But if like, but if my dad wears like a Terry Bradshaw jersey, that's fine. Does that mm. make sense? Okay. Like if they're older than you, that's. I was fine. gonna say, yeah, I'm closer to being 60 than I am to your age, so maybe. No, no you're that, not. It's it's close. Um, yeah, I've never been a jersey guy. There's there's something like just walking around in a, in a jersey. I'm I'm with I'm with that. That's a hot take. I, I kind of agree. Okay. I'll, it's for I'll, kids. I'll, I'll give you, for kids. Okay. I'll give you that one. All right. This one is specifically for you and and Jessamick because uh, in prep for this, I was I was catching up on the JRVP show, and I've never felt so seen by somebody because Greg Rosenthal, I also like biting off my fingernail, putting it between my oh. two front teeth. <laughs> Why are you mentioning this? Yeah, okay. Because I wanted that to be in the show more than you have any idea about. <laughs> <laughs> hot take or not take that is the grossest thing that somebody can do with just any part of like their own body like in a casual oh no that's a not take i mean um you could come up with some other grosser things to do um with your body part but yeah i my wife um has been disgusted by that for years and the fact that i brought that up on on the show i told her she was like why would you ever let other people know that but it's just very satisfying so if you haven't done it you know give it a shot yeah love it all right hot take or not take the green bay packers will finish with a better record than the chicago bears well i if i agree it's a hot take if you agree it's a no if you agree it's a not take if you disagree then it's a hot take see that's the whole that's confusing system (laughs) then i guess it's a not take uh i'm i'm in we did over unders on our show this last week with bill barnwell uh-huh. and i took under bear seven and a half okay and uh so this is a little more anti-bears than it is pro packers but i think the packers have a lot of good players and and yeah. i kind of trust their infrastructure with lafleur to figure out their offense well enough um and i just think the bears like the roster is not that talented it's it like dj It's a weirdly constructed roster. I, I stuck with you that time. I stuck with you. It was a little bit in and out, but I heard you. It is a very oddly constructed roster in Chicago where they spend a lot of money on off-ball linebackers. I think I'm higher on Tremaine Edmonds than the consensus. Um, I think TJ Edwards is a good player. They have no edge rushers. Like, yeah, you're bringing Yannick Ngakwe, but like, I, I don't know, man. I've got questions. I like their secondary. But I like their seven. secondary. I like a lot of their players. I just don't think high-end talent. I think if you're stacking it, them versus the rest of the league, I still think they're like a bottom 10 roster in terms of talent. And Edmonds, people always rate free agents on the year before. Like he had a really up and down career and he has not sure. practiced at all this month. And that's pretty typical of his career where he's kind of off and on the field. And a lot of times in Buffalo that, like when that happened in August, he would have a pretty bad season. Hot take or not take the Carolina Panthers win the NFC South. 
that's a hot take. I'm not with that at all. I think the not Falcons, with that at all. Falcons and Saints, I guess, are the consensus picks. But to me, they really are kind of a tier above both of them over Panthers and Bucks. I like the Falcons roster. I don't love their quarterback. I like the Saints quarterback. I don't love their roster or their head coach. Uh, I believe I think Frank Wright kind of gets a bad rep. What are your thoughts on Frank Reich? I do like Frank Reich a lot. I think he's the right coach for Young. I just you bring over Ezra Evero as well. Sure, I, I don't mind the coaching staff. I just think it's a transition year. The offensive line played well last year, but now it's a new system. Like Ikangwu, we'll see. They have injuries. They had coming off injuries at guard. Like it's just asking a lot for Bryce Young and a lot of transition and. You know, your best player on defense, Brian Burns, coming off a serious injury, and J.C. Horn struggled to get stay on the field. I just, I think it's asking a lot. I think the Saints and the Falcons are kind of further along in their process. All right, last one, hot take or not take. The Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud will finish with a better record than Anthony Richardson and the Indianapolis Colts. Hot take or not take. Wait, so if I agree... If you it's agree, it's it's a not take. Because if if you disagree with something, you're like, oh man, I mean, that's a that hot take. Right, right there doesn't you know agreeing, and then it's a not take. Um, that's a tough one. I kind of see them about the same. Question the I'm, entire structure of this. I'm going not take because I think the Texans' defense is the group out of the four units on those two teams that actually I'm the highest on and D'Amico Ryan's I'm high on. I'm excited to watch Richardson more than I am to watch Stroud. And, and, but uh, I think the Colts could be bad on both sides of the ball. Whereas I think the Texans could sneaky, have a good offensive line and, and sneaky, have a good defense. So that in a, in a bad division, I think they could find their way to, to being deep to getting their over, whatever that is at least. I think their over is like over under six and a half. And quietly, you can make the argument that the Texans have like the most slept on roster as a whole in the league. You pointed yeah. out they got two really it's good tackles and, and Tunsil and Howard. Yeah. Jalen Petrie, Jimmy Ward comes over from San Francisco with D'Amico Ryan. Derek Stingley, when he was healthy, was pretty solid last year. Will Anderson's looked good. The only thing I do question is like the fact that you and I could start at receiver for them. Like Tank Dell's been fun in the preseason, but like I don't know how I feel about like Nico Collins and. I don't know if I can name another Texans receiver outside of those two right now. Yeah, they're a team where I'm trying not to overreact to the preseason. Stroud has played five drives, three points, a lot of three and outs, maybe six drives, and it just looked jagged. It's a first-time offensive coordinator, too. Uh, so I think he'll face a lot of pressure, especially early. They did lose their center for the season, and Titus Howard is out for a little yeah. while. And that's hot take or not take, which apparently I have to think of a name change for because Greg Rosenthal is pointing out the flaws in it. No, see, let me let me try again to explain this. If you if somebody says something and you don't necessarily agree with the take, you know, it's like, oh man, hot take coming. Okay. So you, I feel like that's where you know, if it's more obvious that it could happen, then it's not really a take. It's just, oh yeah, that that makes sense. That part makes sense. The not take to to agree with it, then I I don't know. Sorry. sorry. Sorry, Jarrett. <laughs> this is a lot of fun to do this with you. I mean, you're a guy who's, whose stuff I've admired for a long time, so it's been cool to, to be able to do this with you. Um, what have you got coming in terms of your personal work that you would like to go ahead and talk about real quick? 
that was the worst possible time that anything like that could have happened. It was like I set it up like a volleyball spike. I uh, I was hoping we could get to the end of this. I apologize, Jarrett, for my uh, total lack of professionalism. I don't know what why it caught me uh, today, but it did. You know, I'm gonna go with your with your valid point on the weather in California, but specifically in Los Angeles. Maybe, being, but why, you know, what would that have to do with internet speed? It was fine earlier today. Um, well, I mean, my, like my bad. Did you ever have like you know Dish Network or Directv? If it drizzled, your reception would be shitty. There you go. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to lingering effects of tropical storms in the Cal- Southern California area for any sort of issues that we've had today. Appreciate it. It was fun, Jarrett. <laughs> but bef- was there anything you wanted to to, t- to talk about plug before before I let you go? No, no. Check out the Around the NFL podcast. You know we're we're cranking cranking along. I think three or four four shows a week right now. And the Justin Beck and Rosenthal Vanity Project. That's right. Uh, that's weekly. That's amazingly uh, continuing and um, hopefully will help <laughs> pay for my kids to go to college someday. So there we go. Amen to that. Greg Rosenthal, it's been a lot of fun, buddy. Thanks, Jarrett. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.